my favorite Tony Hawk moment ever is when uh, Jake Brown. I don't know if you remember Jake Brown, but he was the, skateboard. He was the dude air. who like fucking. He almost ate died. It yeah, from yeah. hundred yeah. feet in the air. He, yeah, he was doing the big air competition at the X Games, however many years ago. He fell from like eighty feet in the air and smashed on the bottom of the big air ramp. His shoes went flying, and like it was so like that was the big thing. But like to get to the the big air jump, he did like a seven twenty, and like this guy like lands. For all we know, he's dead uh, at the bottom of the ramp. And Tony Hawk is like, oh, I can't believe he hit the 720. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It was an unbelievably inappropriate comment for what everybody just saw happen. And it is so fucking funny now knowing that, like, Jake Brown is okay and, and like, he survived. But, like... To, for him to be like, damn, he hit the 720. It's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. It's insane. Insanely funny. Episode 41 of Bruise and Bruins. 42. It's 42? Oh no, maybe it's 40. Fuck, sorry. <laughs> Excellent start, gentlemen. Just setting Just... the tone. Uh, Bruise and Bruins, a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehard, sponsored by DraftKings and Diehard's BostonSportsFans.com. Drew, you want to lead it off with DraftKings? Oh yeah, DraftKings. We got to put the thing up. There we go. And as usual, I'll just read it as they wrote it. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now. With DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. All right, feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist, and more means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you know, all the baseball fans here on the Hockey Podcast, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the Daily Fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during signup this week DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes that's code thpn and you get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for more details uh you got that other ad read i do the bruce and bruins podcast is sponsored by diehard boston sports fans are you a diehard boston sports fan well the bruce and bruins podcast is sponsored by <laughs> i should have read this beforehand by <laughs> diehard boston sports fans they have merchandise up for grabs including a brand new black and gold to on dead and cold t-shirt which we will be modeling off soon so get ready to shield your eyes Get yourself one today using promo code bruise at diehardbostonsportsfans.com that's promo code bruise at DieHardBostonSportsFans.com. That's gonna be really confusing for people between Bruins Diehards and Diehard Boston Sports Fans. But yeah, yeah, zero but affiliation. At least, at least the ad read or the uh, the promo code's less confusing than the last one we had. Yeah, um, which is not saying much. But all right, well, 
it's Bruce and Bruins. You know what you're listening to. It's the three of us. We we actually have the three of us on. And also we have Pete Blackburn. Uh, it says here that Pete's uh, credentials are a co-host of Brunch and uh, Marble Fridays. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wanted to have Pete on to talk about hockey, but then he quit hockey. Uh, so we don't know what we're going to talk about. I, I would assume marbles. What's the... <laughs> <laughs> uh quite, quite the contrary uh i left my previous job and the job that will soon be announced at some point in the near future is exclusively hockey so i was doing a lot of non-hockey stuff uh at cbs and now my life is back to being 100 percent hockey i was i was worried you were gonna go into baseball because uh you know, you said you've been watching a lot of baseball recently. Which I, I have been. Here. I have been, honestly. Like, and I, this year I feel more disconnected from hockey than, like, any any other year previous. Uh, and part of it is because, like, I've been doing a ton of non-hockey stuff for CBS. And, like, part of it's also because, like, at some point recently I was just like, you know what? I'm going to really get into baseball again <laughs> for no reason. I was just like so spread thin. And I was like, let's add one more thing to the plate. I'm just going to be a big baseball guy. And I've, I've been watching a ton of baseball and baseball is awesome this year. Yeah, it's a I'm great a, time to get into baseball again. Yeah. 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 I'm a, a bit of a Padres fan, more of a Red Sox fan, but I've kind of swapped that over the last couple of years. And uh, most of my baseball consumption has been live baseball, but. Yeah, uh, let's start with, uh, what are we drinking? Drew, what are you drinking? Uh, for the fifth week in a row, I got a Corona premiere. <laughs> <laughs> Bring you beer from all across Mexico. Cam, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a Portland Zoo Beach Boogie. It is a Passiflora Plum Sour with Maine Sea Salt. Checking in at a nice 6%. I guess it would have 6.9 if it were nice, but... Gotta have they, the most, none of this sea salt has touched New Hampshire waters because fuck that shit. Have you ever been to Portland Zoo? Oh, it it's is, an excellent place. Yeah, it is. It's a wild place. Oh yeah, it's probably my favorite place to drink in Portland, which is saying something because there that are is a lot, a lot of places well, to drink in Portland. My my lone experience at Portland Zoo, I went there and uh, somebody must have just thrown up all over like <laughs> main part of the bar like ten minutes prior, and the entire place absolutely reeked and like the bartenders were lighting incense and like no other than like lighting like the candles and stuff nobody was acknowledging the fact that it smelled the worst <laughs> smell that i've ever smelled in my entire life and me and my girlfriend were like yo it smells awful here and we still had a great time like that's a that speaks to how awesome that place is is that we like still had a good time and it was the worst smelling place of all time so worth the vomit. That should be on their yes. website or something. It's actually a pretty good endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> May not sound like it, but um, yeah, this is one of their original beers. It's delicious. They have other stuff too there. It's not just uh, – It's not just the... that one beer? Well, I mean like they have other uh, they have other breweries that bring stuff in as well. A lot of the breweries. So yeah, I, didn't, actually didn't like even, I did actually didn't even know that they made their own stuff. Yeah, only a few things. Um this is really good though. I mean, it's like a, I love sours. So I, I really tend to like vibe toward any sour plum sour is not something you see much, um, but it works pretty well. And it is like a, a lighter sour, definitely something you'd want during the summer. Hence like the sea salt. Um, let's give our ratings here. Uh, drinkability. Pretty good for a sour. I'm going to give it a solid 27 out of 37 on the drinkability scale. 
and uh, taste. You can most certainly taste it. Let's give it a check in at like a 33 on the on the taste scale. All right, sick. Pete, yeah. what you got? I've got a classic and timeless Miller High Life. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, I'm like, when it comes to domestic beers, I basically drink like two regularly, and it's Miller High Life or Budweiser, and that's about it. Um, so we got a nice little Miller High Life. Cam and I 37 have been doing, uh... out of 37, 37 out of 37. Hell Perfect. yeah. <laughs> Cam and I have been doing Miller Lights on the podcast recently. Miller yeah. Light is very solid as well. It's, I choose uh, I choose High Life over uh, over Miller Light, but like if I have to go light, uh, I'd choose Miller Light over Bud Light or oh yeah. or oh uh, yeah. Coors Light. Coors Light's last. The the yeah. question Chris is about to bring up: Where does PBR fit into the equation? There, PBR is you like know me so I like well. PBR, but like I have to be in the right the right place to like choose PBR, like okay. a. A uh, like a like dive bar. Like I'll I'll go for a PBR. <laughs> Usually, it's like when when I'm at a place like a venue and PBR is the cheapest beer uh, available. That's when I'll get a PBR and be very happy about it. My my heavy beer is definitely PBR or Bud Heavy. Um, I I can't do Miller High Life because that was the beer that was like two bucks at our college bar and just oh, like where'd you go to college because i'm about to like re-enroll <laughs> I, I, went to, I went to villanova okay gotcha uh, it shouts to kelly's uh, i'm sure the beer prices have gone up since 2011 2012 but uh yeah I, it was so crowded you had to you had to like go up and get like three beers at a time and like stuff them in your pocket so by the time you got to like the end of the third beer it's just like 70 degree piss water and <laughs> Hell yeah. that's the best uh i went to uh, i went to uh, i visited one of my friends in at unh one uh one year it was probably like 10 10 years ago at this point but like we went to one of the college bars and there was like some special some, whatever night it was there was like a special and they were doing they did like one dollar pitchers one dollar pitchers. I, I don't oh my goodness! Beer was, that can't, but that literally, literally everybody in the bar was just walking around with two pitchers, <laughs> one in each hand, and they were drinking out of. And I was like, "There's no way this is legal. Like, <laughs> damn legal. Like, or profitable? How is that profitable? Right. Yeah. How could that possibly be profitable for free to lay?" Yeah. <laughs> Shouts to game night. That's a mm-hmm. that's an excellent movie. Um, I am drinking a vacation coconut IPA from Resident Brewing Company, a San Diego area brewery. It's seven percent alcohol. See, problem here is it doesn't taste like what it says it's supposed to be. It doesn't really taste mm-hmm. like coconut, which is fine by me. I don't think like coconut in beer is necessarily supposed to be a thing, um, but it does taste tropical. So, taste you can taste it go like 20 um drinkability for an ipa especially for like a seven percent ipa it's not it's not super offensive so no 28 a custom glass too Uh, yes shouts to uh drew and my roommate lexi for making that happen and whoever lexi's person is that does that for us Um, (laughs) lexi's glass guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) that sounds all right let's get into it Man, the last two Bruins games have really <laughs> things up. really turned a corner. Huh? <laughs> uh, I, I did. I did want to have Pete on to talk about Mike Riley very specifically because I love Mike Riley for all things 
hockey and beyond. I think he's he just looks like he's from Boston. He looks like he should be an extra in every Boston movie. And plus, he's just like kind of hilarious on the ice, just uh, like immediately sending passes back to the people who passed it to him and just doing weird shit. And I love that about him. Pete, I need to know your thoughts on Mike Riley. I'm a big Mike Riley guy. He is he's awesome. And uh, like just total entertainment forever. Uh, Mike Riley, apparently, like he is just so fun to watch for better or for worse. Uh, and I mean, like you said, he looks like uh, like any guy from Boston. And like, as soon as they made the trade, there was just like all over Twitter. It was just like a picture of him and Charlie Coyle. Cause I think they, did they play together in Minnesota or something? And like, uh, just as soon as they traded for him, it's like, oh yeah, he's, he's great friends with Charlie Coyle. Of course he is. Of course. <laughs> so, uh, it was very funny to me, but I've been a, a big, big fan of, of Mike Riley and like what he's been able to do. And the fact that they were able to get him for like a, like a, what was it? Third round pick. Third round. Nice. Yeah. Pretty nice. I like as somebody who knew of him as a player but never had seriously watched him, what the fuck was he doing playing 18 minutes a night in Ottawa and then coming to Boston and, and bumming his ice time up by like four minutes a game? Like, yeah. what were they doing? Was that just an intentional trying to lose? Like, the tank is on. It's full on tank, right? Too There's good. no other explanation there. He's too good. You gotta <laughs> staple him to the bench. We got games to lose here, people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've been impressed with him, though. I mean, his, I, his, like, it was exactly what was promised or hoped for, I guess. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it, we got it. We wanted a guy who can move the puck, and he can fucking move the puck for sure. Um, saw that right out of the gate. So I've been really impressed with him. Also, equal parts Mike and Riley. So we love more than one first name on this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, or, like, you know, like, like Craig Smith. Mike Craig Smith. <laughs> uh, which I'm still waiting for a middle name there. It could be, could be a first name. So we got to. I'm gonna yeah. dig, dig a little deeper into that one. Most though. middle names can also be first names. I'm pretty mine good. can't. I don't what know. I don't think mine name? can either. My middle name I don't want to reveal on the podcast because you know I don't want to get my identity stolen. But <laughs> rest assured, it's it's Ox. a last name, not a first name. Uh, okay. No, it's it's Ledin. L e d i n. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said Lenin. Like I was like, Whoa. wait, like the Beatle or the Communist Russia? <laughs> no, not, not, to get, not to get too deep into <laughs> like, wait, it, but it's uh, my great uncle's last name, and he uh, he never had any kids and always wanted kids, but I guess like they couldn't have kids, and uh, I'm carrying on the family name, and now I'm nice. in my 30s and have no prospects of marriage or having children so really doing a good job with that i like mike riley uh (laughs) um mostly just because he's bringing pride back to the number six which i feel like i've never seen in my lifetime for the bruins hey Um, hey that's colin miller slander we don't have that on this podcast yeah we also don't have clifton slander but there's been plenty of that we definitely do have that on this podcast but it's all right it's not accepted but yeah no He's, he's been good. I was pleasantly surprised because I was like, okay, we got it. I didn't know much about him. And I was like, okay, we got some depth there for a third round pick and just pleasantly surprised about how big of an impact he's had. I was expecting, you know, okay, a guy who's going to play in the top four while these injuries are there and then he'll make his way down to the bottom pairing. But yeah, no, he's he's been great. Very, very surprised. He did, yeah, especially, decent- with like, especially with the Bruins, like they seem to like, almost every year they get a guy at the trade deadline where it's like a defenseman who's not necessarily like unheard of, but like just a guy. Nick Holden. Yeah. They get get a guy (laughs) for like a third or fourth round pick. And they're like, 
this will fix everything. And <laughs> Andre Mazzaro. Yeah, it's just a guy that you're like, oh, my God, we have 75 of these guys. Why do we need another one? Uh, Mike Riley is actually a guy that has helped. I Maybe it's a, maybe that's more of a testament to, like, how low the bar is this year for, like, guys <laughs> that will help. But uh, he's been uh, kind of like a godsend for this team. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the primary assist, too. Like, aggressive, yeah. like, going very below. Snappy. He's like a very yeah. snappy back of the line defenseman, which is really nice. It picks his spots really well, too, just when he needs to step up and just love the guy. Man, he's I'm. The type of, like, defenseman that I wanted to be in college. <laughs> Wasn't quite capable of doing, but, like, that was the that was the player mode that I was designing on, on NHL 21. Just didn't. Didn't fill it out <laughs> <laughs> for various reasons. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on Taylor Hall? I mean, like, guys obviously look pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, the fact <laughs> that, that everybody was like, he does not play defense and he comes here, he's back checking. Like, that's really encouraging. He looks like he's he's engaged at all times. And, like, honestly – I I've like I've obviously like known of Taylor Hall. I've followed Taylor Hall. I've watched a lot of Taylor Hall. And I didn't like fully pay attention to like the type of player that he is. I've been kind of stunned by like how good he is at taking care of the puck, moving the puck. Like he is a really, really good passer. Uh he's just a really solid playmaker. And I think that like a lot of people and maybe myself included for a little while were like, oh, this guy's probably just, like he's just a goal scorer. He's a guy who scores a ton of goals, like has a really good shot. No, I mean, like, he he is a guy that that moves the puck really well and, and has, like, good vision. And I, I've been impressed by, like, his compete level, uh, which I think is, like, a buzzword that is overused a lot. But, like, he has engaged in, in like, plays down low, and he's been strong on the puck. He's a guy that's very tough to knock off the puck. Uh, so he's a guy that I hope sticks around if he's going to play like this for a long time. Um, but he – a lot of – I think a lot of the fears that people had or a lot of the – narratives attached to taylor hall uh going into the trade deadline have not proven to be true since he's been here yeah and, and we don't necessarily like unless you were watching a ton of buffalo games you don't necessarily know if that's just like a was he getting unlucky in buffalo or was he really just not trying and who could blame him for not trying in buffalo but um <laughs> yeah i mean it, it seems like a perfect fit with Krejci, like who is a similar type of player and i don't i don't know if it's directly influenced the goals that Krejci has scored because it hasn't seemed like he's been the primary assist on all the Krejci goals or anything like that but I mean you got to assume having a guy like that on your left wing just kind of opens up more space more opportunities and you know if you have you have two creators like that on a line obviously Craig Smith's going to reap some benefits too yeah my big question shots from anywhere (laughs) my big question is like if you're going to resign Taylor Hall and I've uh, I've I'm fully down with them doing that uh, because they just need one. They need those guys on the second line. Uh, if you're going to resign Taylor Hall, like what happens to David Krejci? Like, because David Krejci is on an expiring deal. I've thought that this was going to be his last year in Boston. I still think that it's going to be his last year in Boston. I think he's going to retire after this year. I think he's going to retire and he's going to go play back home. Um, that's my best guess. Uh, so like what happens? Like just, you flip the script and you re-sign Taylor Hall and then you don't have a forum because like I thought that this succession plan was going to be Charlie Coyle as second line center and Charlie Coyle has looked terrible this year (laughs) terrible so like what is the plan there 
Yeah, I so don't know. That's, I, that's my question. Yeah, <laughs> I always thought the plan was Charlie Coyle on the second and eventually work in Trent Frederick on the third line. But yeah, I mean, like, is Stanika going to be ready? To, to... No, I, no, he's not going to be ready for top six minutes. No, I think that's there. the eventual plan. But I, yeah. I, it's an interesting place to find yourself. Yeah, I think all like... things considered, though, like it is a good problem to have relatively, and like in the sense that if I'm letting a player walk this this summer as much as we stand david Krejci on this podcast if it's him or taylor hall i'm keeping taylor hall it just makes more sense assuming you can get him for a good deal or a yeah. decent one which you know we'll see but all the signs are pointing toward he wants to stick around so that seems like a possibility but um, i think it would be level, i think replacement though. level wise like it's tougher to find a top six center oh absolutely and yeah. and, and like sign and, and like do that in free agency or like yeah. to to fill top six minutes down the middle, I think that's tougher than like finding a guy on the wing. They that's just like crazy. I, I think, yeah, I think that yeah. they were just like really stubborn about the fact that they didn't need to find a guy to to like like a winger. Um, like I think that they just thought they'd be able to fix that in house, and one of the guys would be able to do it. Nick and Ritchie. then they finally realized, <laughs> like, oh my god, it's not happening. We everybody that we have is just falling flat, and they were like, okay, finally we'll go out and get a Taylor Hall. So now, like now, you might be in a position where, like, you have to find a a, a more difficult position to fill. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the biggest problem is that you know they didn't sign John Tavares for twelve million, and they wouldn't have this. Then <laughs> <you know? laughs> <laughs> they'd have a second. No, line. no, no. He was going to take wouldn't, a They wouldn't have he's, a third line or a fourth line, but they'd roll two decent lines. <laughs> he's going to take a discount and sign for like seven million. Don't don't forget about that. Uh, I I kind of do feel like Krejci's gonna come back on like a one or two year deal. I, I think probably more likely to be two years, just so he gets that extra year of, uh, you know. He said a while ago that this was gonna be his last NHL deal, um, and that he was gonna go back home and play. And like I've heard some rumblings this year that like he's he's like seriously considering retiring at the end of the year. So fine, Pete. I, I don't away, know. Like, I'm, I'm not guaranteeing it, but uh, I would not be shocked if he. Uh, I would not be shocked one if he if he retired and once and went back home. Number two, I wouldn't be shocked if he signed somewhere else. Like I don't know if the Bruins are going to be be able to match a price, especially if they want to keep Taylor Hall. If they're going to be able to match like what Krejci would want to stay here for in the next couple of years. I think every smart hockey person we've had on has assumed that Krejci was done after this year. So I guess I'll finally capitulate and <laughs> <laughs> just start tearing down the church and change the Resi- resign myself to the fact that uh, the church of Krejci is, is no longer. But... Well, I said that they should have traded him uh, this off season because I thought the coil was ready to, to, to be uh, the two C and I thought so. Well, too. that just hasn't aged well at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we all had pretty, uh, I mean, I don't think there were bad takes at the time. I think, just, yeah, I mean, like, everything that we saw from Charlie Coyle last year was, like, he has, even when he's not producing, he's making an impact in every game. He looks like he's there every single night. Uh, he's just, like, his energy level is, is really, really solid. And then this year, he, he just floats around and disappears for a lo- long periods of time. And he's been a negative defensively, too. So, yeah. And he hasn't not great. in two months. <laughs> well, I, I'm f- Fine with your third line center not scoring in two months, uh, as long as the wingers are scoring 
and you're playing solid defense and none of those things are happening. I, and I think the a big issue is like if you lose Krejci, then you need two solid wingers there because Krejci has been carrying that second right. line without any wingers. So it's not like Taylor Hall is going to carry that line. You're going to need two guys or another David Krejci, which, you know, don't grow in trees. So, yeah, I, mean, I think that like it's been a one line team for a long time. And suddenly you're asking it to be yeah. literally a one line team. Yeah. And like, it, you know, you can't just have like Taylor Hall and Craig Smith carry that line with Charlie Coyle. That's not going to look not great that at attitude. all. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny, though, that like they finally gave David Krejci uh, after like so many years, they finally gave him a winger, and it's like, well, he's got two weeks, and then he's free agent. <laughs> <laughs> Better hope for a deep playoff run. I mean, if any, if there's any time for playoff David Krejci to come out, this is it. Yeah. So Go off on a high note. Question to the to the the whole group here. Obviously, uh, ask Pete. I mean, he's he's the smart guy here. Yeah. So right out of the right after the deadline, obviously they got that bump, and and it was six straight. I think they won coming out of that, and then obviously dropping two since then. Secondary scoring, obviously an issue still, or maybe tertiary scoring, I guess, because I guess we've had some from that second line now, but bottom six is doing shit really. If you need one player, and I, I guess maybe it's going to be Coyle because that's the one we've talked about, but one player who really hasn't shown it to step up now. Who's your guy that you're like really leaning on? That's like, if we get him going, then we've got a really good shot at making a run this year. I, I think it's got to be Coyle like offensively. I mean, he's just, I think like you're, you're the guys down the middle sort of dictate mm-hmm. uh, the the way that everybody else like runs. So, uh, you know, if you've got, if you got Charlie Coyle going and you know, he doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily have to score, but like if he's playing, high energy and he's playing well defensively and then the, his line mates are following his lead. You got three solid lines and you need three solid lines to, uh, to even do even consider making any noise in the playoffs. Like, I think that honestly, I've said this for a while. I think that like the most uh, like where you can pinpoint pretender versus a contender is like who they have on that third line because that's really where the difference is made. And I think that it made a huge difference for, uh, for Tampa last year. Um, you look at like the, their, their uh, deadline acquisitions with, with Goodrow and Blake Coleman, like that transformed their entire third line. And their third line was just steamrolling teams that did not have the depth that they did. So like those third lines were just taking over games. Um, and like they would, they would match up against the other team's top line and they would neutralize the top line and then they'd have Tampa's top line go out and score against inferior competition. So like if you've got a really good third line and if it's even if it's a checking line, like that is going to make a difference for you in the playoffs. So uh, like if Coyle turns it on, it, it makes the Bruins a different team. But I also think that you got to look at like a guy like like Jeremy Lozon. You got to be like this guy has to play better and he has to take care of the puck. So uh, it could be either one of those guys in my mind. I feel like like Coyle is is the probably more obvious answer, but like Lausanne, it's like you don't really have anywhere else to turn. And, and not that you have like a plethora of options to turn if Charlie Coyle isn't playing well, but I feel like you can kind of mix up that bottom six a little more easily and try to spur something. And at least like, I mean, the fourth line hasn't been scoring much, but they've looked good since Lazar has been added in. So you can maybe use them a little bit. You have really nowhere else to turn defensively. Like even with 
Mike Riley being added now, you're still kind of shallow there as far as like proven depth for this time of season and especially turning to the playoffs. So I feel like that's a, a very fair answer as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the easy punching bag is Jake DeBrusque, but I mean, if you don't have someone who's helping you out there and I, I think Jake's looked a little better over the past week or two, but hasn't I feel really like a guy who's sort of escaped a lot of criticism because the guys above him aren't playing super well is Sean Corrali. Like Sean Corrali. Oh yeah. It, I, he, I, Lazar came in and completely transformed that fourth line and mm. like Corrali was sort of the the engine for 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 those guys beforehand and I mean he's been hey, there's that's such an easy walk at the end of the year there's no way that you keep that guy yeah yeah and and Wagner hasn't been very good this year but I, I think he's been better recently with with Lazar as his center and uh that kind of that contract is one where i mean you've kind of forced yourself into the spot of like this guy is our fourth line right winger and mm -hmm. and i think it's a lot easier to be like when trent frederick is back maybe he's the guy you slot in on your fourth line left wing yeah i mean i think i think the easy answer is coil because you do have that fourth line kind of as that energy line clicking well or i should say the czar wagali lacurner line fuck um, you get that out of here <laughs> it will be the title of an episode someday watch P it. pete's lucky you didn't have to see that image that you that put together yeah. it's horrifying it's, it sounds bad it never, like, i haven't seen it don't want to see it based on the name just one of the worst shit posts of all time our <laughs> our podcast twitter page is basically just like drew shit posting and me putting together uh spending way too, yeah, putting putting way too much time and effort into uh memes that don't land at all um sounds like a brunch twitter yeah, <laughs> they, pretty much they really land for like one or two people and everybody else just has no idea what the fuck's going on which is me yeah, and two, like two, fake yeah, accounts the, the two people are the two people like the people that are on the podcast this one's a banger and it's just me sending it to dj and dj says, yes <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets zero likes zero retweets the best chris if it makes you feel any better my most popular tweet of i think 2021 so far was a shit post about pickles so Nice. Um, you know what? <laughs> they don't ask how; they just ask how many. So yeah, I hate it because I'll just tweet like random shit that winds up do like doing really well, and then I'll like craft this tweet, like put time into it. Like I'll spend like two minutes, like nah, it sounds better if I put this word here instead of there, and then it's just like all that for nothing. So, so Pete, one of the things we do is every time Craig Smith scores a goal, I'll like Photoshop Craig Smith into some image or whatever. And it takes me way too much time. And I think the most likes we have on any of those is like 12. And then <laughs> like a few days ago, I just posted a screenshot of like the time on ice from Nesson's broadcast for like all the players. And it got like 200 likes and like 50 retweets. That's Twitter. <laughs> like, That's how Twitter works. Everything. So annoying. <laughs> That's how we measure value in society. It's all right. <laughs> it's likes okay. and retweets, baby. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if Coyle got some more retweets, he'd be playing better. So we we had uh, goaltending expert Cat Silverman on to speak about the log jam at at goalie. What was that last week? Two weeks I think ago, so, I don't yeah. Know. I think it was last um, week. And you know, she gave us a lot of a lot of good info. But I want to know where your head head is at on this, Pete. Like, I mean, obviously, Tukarask is your guy. 
mm-hmm. as long as he's the guy and he's healthy. But I mean, how many times does Jeremy Swayman have to go out there and fucking do his thing until it's time to like, all right, well, he's at least the backup. Well, I mean, I've, I've said this a million times, but like, do not ask me to evaluate goaltending because it is impossible. <laughs> and like, that is why Kat is a godsend because like she understands goaltending. And I think there's maybe like four people in the world that can actually speak intelligently on goaltending. And then like the rest of us are just like, ooh, good save. That guy's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. And it's so random like and i don't I don't think even like half the gms across the uh, that, i don't think that like 98 yeah. percent of the gms across <laughs> hockey know how to evaluate goaltending because i even it, said there was a nhl team that doesn't even have a goalie scout it, that that sounds right a lot of them, yeah. that yeah. Team were saving to, money because yeah. the other teams are just wasting up. money <laughs> on goalie scouts uh so like i, I think ideally and like things could go sideways at any point in time because that's just how goaltending works. But like ideally, you I, you extend Tuca on like a, a two year deal or something like two years, five million somewhere in that range, five and a half, six anywhere around there. And then you give Swayman a little bit more of like a red carpet to taking the job. And like maybe it's a 50 50 split in that second year. Maybe it's a 50 50 split next year. Like Swayman's been amazing. And, uh, like, I'm very uh, encouraged that he is the the next guy, but the sample size is still really, really small. And I am very skeptical about banking on a sample size that small when goaltending is that important. Hell yeah, Pete. I led you the wrong direction and you gave the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys, like, not fully on board with Swayman yet? Oh, no. Well, oh, I love we're... Swayman. We're full Swayman fans, but uh, we think anyone, baby. anyone who thinks that Jeremy Swayman should be the starting goaltender now and into the playoffs is absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, also, you have to just consider the fact that, like, that is the way that the league is trending. And it has been for a few years where you need two good goalies like you need two good goalies uh, because one, like if you can ride the hot hand on two good goalies, like you're going to always be in a good position. And I think the Bruins have sort of figured that out over the past few years because Halak's been really good. Uh, and uh, I mean, like you look at Carter Hart. Carter Hart was the hot shit uh, in goaltending, and like he was the next big Carey Price esque caliber prospect. And he's sucked this year, like, and he's tanked that team. Uh, so, like, what do you do when your when your goaltender sucks? If your goaltender sucks, your team sucks. That's just the way that it works. So. Mm-hmm. Might as well have two of them. Um, and I think that Tuca is close enough to the end where like a two-year deal is manageable and feasible. And if you can do that and just bridge bridge the gap to Swayman as the number one, then I think that you're in an ideal position. Yeah, and yeah. I think uh, with you know uh, Swayman being on a small sample size, you really have to judge that when you have an A2 game schedule and you know he's a starter and expected to play 50 to 60 games a year that's really the tough test you know you see him how many starts is he at like four or five he's at six i think yeah he's like i think he's six now yeah i think he's i think he's four and two yeah and those are fairly spaced apart because i mean he had a few in a row where uh when tuca was out but then since tuca came back and they're waiting on the halak he had a another couple but yeah you need a 
see him string those all together and yeah i'm optimistic though very only only area where you can like really run into an issue is if like tuca is looking at this as like this is my last chance to Mm. to to grab like a, a four or five year deal because like if that happens then you're in a tough spot unless unless you're like we'll we'll keep you for like two years and then we'll trade you or something like that but like i don't I don't see it. I, I just don't see him being a guy that's like, I need four or five years. I think that he's close enough to the end where I think that he might be just okay with two more years and then he's calling it. Yeah. He's talked about retirement recently. So like, I mean, he's not going to retire after this season, but like he's not, sees, not he un- sees the end. Yeah. Not yeah. unreasonable to think two years from now. And I'm he, not gonna... he lives here in the off season. Like he, mm-hmm. he, he likes it here. And if mm-hmm. they offer him a two-year deal and he's like, okay, well, then that's it for me, then that that might that might work. Yeah, Sean McIndoe always says hockey players hate moving their shit. So, and <laughs> and nine times out of ten, that proves to be the case. Unless yeah. you're Taylor Hall or Curtis Lazar or, or, I guess, Mike Riley, who are all happy to get out of where they were. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, I mean, when you look at where Taylor Hall has played, I think that he's yeah. happy to move his shit every time because he's played in Edmonton and then he played in New Jersey and then and then oh I guess Arizona would would that's the one place where you wouldn't want to move your shit but like it happens <laughs> I think uh just going back to the goaltending for a sec I think short term I was reading um an article from from Ty Anderson who um you know, everybody knows here Ty uh, Anderson fan. love Ty yeah would love to get him on here sometime um and hey, he was making the case for yeah he was Come making the, the case for if something were to happen to Rask, God forbid, this season, um, and he's not ready to go for the playoffs, I would be okay giving Swayman a shot if he stays this hot to just let him keep rolling. Oh versus yeah, starting I'll, Yaro as as the starter. I would, I would play Swayman over Halak hundred percent. I think like. I think Halak is a very strong backup option in the playoffs, but I think we saw we we saw last year, and I don't think he's going to carry into a, anyone to a cup. And I don't, I, you know, I, I don't have as as good as Swayman has been. I don't have confidence that he's going to carry this team to a Stanley Cup by any means. That's a lot to ask out of a 22 year old rookie goalie who had like a month of time in the AHL. Um, but I will say, like, if it comes down to that, I think you have a better odds of him just riding that hot streak and playing out of this world than you do Halak yeah. all of a sudden stepping yeah, up. Yeah, I agree and... with that. I think I think that Swayman has has more capability of, and this is again, this is a very small sample size, but I think that Swayman has better capability of stealing games and like just really having like the the power of momentum and and like the hot hand behind him to to carry you further than Halak does. Like I think that eventually you know who Halak is and you know that like the the downsides and like the cons of Halak are going to come through at some point and it's going to cost you a game or it's going to it's going to not not really help you uh achieve that goal yeah I think everyone saw in the playoffs last year like if you can expose his glove side like you kind of you got him um and Goaltending's voodoo. Bad, he's gonna make some bad plays with the puck, and he's gonna yeah. give up oh, a, yeah. a gimme. Goaltending's voodoo. Hockey's weird. Like, I, mm-hmm. if if you have no Tuca, I'm I'm always down with riding the hot hand and just seeing where it goes. Because what well, we've seen in past years. So this is the thing with like hockey fans and not understanding how this works. Uh, we've seen in past years a lot of the time the hot hand is 
the one that wins the cup, but also there are like five teams in the playoffs that have the goalie with the hot hand and it doesn't always work. It only works like one in every five times. So, and a lot of the times the hot hand runs out and you're like, Oh no. I mean, remember when it runs out, it runs out very quickly. (laughs) It's hard to expect it to go like, well, you need 16 wins, but you're not going to sweep every series. Yeah. Yeah. It's two like months, 22, 23 games. It's yeah. It's, it's just one of the like most frustrating things about being a Bruins fan is that everyone expects their goalie to be Tim Thomas in the playoffs. And, and I, and, 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 and I never get it because like, it's not like we've been spoiled forever. Like it took a long, long time for the Bruins to find a goalie that was like really, really steady and really capable of being one of the best in the league. They got Tim Thomas and he was really awesome for like a few years and like especially during during the cup run. And then you immediately transitioned into a guy who is like just as good, but did it in a different way. And yeah. the fans were like, Oh, this sucks. Let's go to somebody else. And it's like, have you not do you not pay attention to like the rest of the league? Because there are like 25 other teams that would kill to have the goaltender that you have. Yeah, yeah, it's just because Tim Thomas was so exciting because he was freaking out of position right. half the time and would make the spectacular save, whereas Tuca makes the same saves, but it's calculated, so it looks fucking boring. But right. Shouts to Roberto Luongo. Like, yeah, if he's out of his crease like that, yeah, you're going to give up goals like that, but it's an easy save for me. Um, <laughs> Pump my tires. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're a big Tuca podcast, and I, like, I'll never understand the like anti-Tuca Thing. It does make me feel a little better when uh whenever I like tweet about it and like how stupid Bruins fans are when it comes to Tuca that like all the other fans from across the league are like I don't get it like <laughs> what what is wrong with the Bruins fan base and I was like I don't know it's a good question would love to know we've had a bunch of people who are who cover other teams on this podcast and th- some of them are shocked to learn that Bruins fans don't like Tuca Rask <laughs> some of them yeah. are know that it happens but uh are have no idea why bruins fans are like that but i mean it it's it's the easiest thing in the world to blame the goalie and i get mm-hmm. that and like it's always gonna happen but like to blame the goalie and like attach an entire narrative to the goalie for like his entire career that like this guy sucks <laughs> like, can't win the big game yeah it's crazy <laughs> Even know, then, like, have you looked at his stats in big games or yeah. quote unquote? <laughs> right. I I wrote an article for Bruins Diehards like a long time ago. I haven't written since. I don't think. <laughs> we all switch off every three months. One of us yeah, wrote an article for like, like a year and a half ago up or next. something like that. And I I went and I looked at like moving the goalposts on what a big game means. And no matter where you put the goalposts in every big game. Not like single games. Like obviously there are a couple of big games right. that Tuka lost and wasn't every good. round, every but like situation, every if you if you narrow it to like yeah. game sixes, elimination games, game five through seven of playoff series, like Don't he be... has good numbers in all of them. Yeah, in most cases where he lost the final game, he stole the game beforehand, which it just gets thrown out the fucking wayside. You know what I mean? Which is obviously the exact point you're making, but. I also wonder, like, let's say he steals Game 7 and they win one nothing on a garbage-time Matt Grizzly goal. 
against the St. Louis Blues to win the Stanley Cup. Does that really change the narrative? Like, I, I don't think Bruins yeah, no, fans are Bruins happy. Bruins that stupid. Yeah. They're going to be like, yeah, I should have won in game six, even though he couldn't. Bruins fans, are, Bruins fans are that stupid that, like, that would change the entire narrative. They'd be like, oh, man. You think so? Great. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. Best. After yeah. immediately light switch, like. <laughs> yeah, if he, gets a, if he gets a shutout in game seven and they win, they're like, oh, damn. How about good, how about this? Rules. Let's say he gives up like let's say he gives up like four. He wins the cup, but like not his best game. No, then 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 the fans would be like, we won in spite of Tuca. Yeah, yep. Joe Haggerty. Yeah, too, I mean, so yeah. we we had we had like a uh, I wouldn't call it a wager, I guess, but with Haggerty, he agreed to come on the podcast if Tuca led the Bruins to the Stanley Cup last year and I'm, I'm assuming that's ongoing. i think it's holding yeah it's <laughs> yeah. ongoing i think it's I think he, didn't, he didn't he didn't no. specify that season yeah it didn't have to be that game, season so. but yeah obviously to be Tuka, a coach Tuka left to go <laughs> be with his family and the, the, jesus that was some reaction to that uh predictable um but yeah i mean really looking forward to the bruins winning the cup with tuga this year just so we can have haggerty on the podcast to i mean the the plan is not to berate him at all and just have like a nice fun conversation uh i told you so because i think the whole point is like tuka's always been this good and him winning a cup doesn't change it one way or the other so why are we going to rub it in your face now just force him to do like an hour long monologue about how great Tuca is, and that'll be the podcast. <laughs> like you guys don't even have to talk. Just just introduce him, and then be like, "Okay, Joe, floor is yours." <laughs> just pass the ball to Mello. Yeah. The, the apology. Oh, iso ball. We we have to give him the read. Like he has to. <laughs> yeah. He has to do it. Well, we like be feeling the sweat going, on that one for sure. Going into <laughs> it, but I don't just mean the ad reads. Like we write like a two hundred page. Here's like a thirty manifesto. page PDF about how Tuca is amazing. <laughs> take take it away, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, charts and diagrams. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, Pete, is I wanted you to help us out. This year, more than any, I think, has been the year where. I I don't know about other Bruins fans or Drew or Cam, but I have not watched much hockey outside of the East because, you know, it's all segregated to divisions and no one's playing against other divisions. So you being someone who used to cover all of hockey, uh, do, do you have like a, a good view, like an outsider view of like the, the whole thing and like who the surprise teams are, who the Bruins, if the Bruins come out of the East, who the Bruins should expect to be playing in the playoffs? Um, I mean, like I feel more disconnected this year than in any other year, just because like I've been doing a lot of other stuff, but like I have still been watching a lot of other teams. I, I feel like, and maybe it's because all these teams are only playing each other and like uh, it sort of screws with this schedule and like strength of schedule. But like I look at it and there are only maybe like a handful of teams that I think are legitimately capable of, of winning the Stanley cup this year. Like I know that anything can happen in the playoffs, but like, you know, you know who you're going to get in the first two rounds because you're only going to be playing the teams in your division. And like with that mindset, You've seen a huge sample size of how these teams perform against the teams in their division and like which ones are, are massive standouts. So like I'm looking at at like Tampa, Carolina, and then like 
the the Bruins division is is so tight, but I don't think that anybody in there is better than like uh, a Tampa, uh, a Carolina, a Vegas, a Colorado, and then like the North division, like the Maple Leafs are the class there, but we know how that goes. Like one of them is going to be in the final four. Like one of them is going to be there no matter what. That's just how the the bracket works. But I, I, I just, I mean, I, I really think that like right now it's got to be Colorado, Vegas, Tampa. One of those teams is going to win the cup, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's, wow, dogs are uh, going nuts. Somebody else take it. Follow-up question then. So I, I think I agree with you for the most part. I think probably the scariest team out of the East right now, I think, is, is Washington. Um, I don't think that's too groundbreaking, but I, I wouldn't put them on, on Tampa's level especially. Or Carolina's really good. I think, I mean, Colorado's just, like, ridiculously fun to watch and also a very strong team. I think that's kind of the elite class, like you were kind of pointing toward. But how far below them would you put a team like the Bruins, like, do you have to? Do they have to actually just have a near perfect series to get past a team like Tampa this year, or is it just like you get a couple bounce? You know, what I mean, it's playoff hockey and it can happen. But how big of a gap do you see between those like true favorites versus hey, these guys might have a shot? Well, I I, I think there's like a, there's a gap, and I think that like if you if you face Tampa, you're gonna have a really tough time, and we saw that last year. Like Tampa's yep. arguably better this year than they were last year, and the Bruins are arguably worse than they were last year and there was that was a mismatch and so uh you know but the way that i also look at it is that i i I think that the bruins at their best are better than washington i think that the bruins at their best are probably if they're not the best team in in that division they're like they can go toe-to-toe with the islanders i think the islanders are like those two are the two best teams i i'm not buying washington like i think that they've got a, a solid team but they've got a lot of question marks. And that's not to say that the Bruins don't have a lot of question marks. Like the Bruins need a lot to fall into place for them to make a strong run. But at their best, they are the best or the at least like tied for the best team in that division. And the way that this year works is that if you get to the final four, like you're not necessarily guaranteed to play a Tampa or like you're going to get a tough draw no matter what playing playing one of those teams that's in the final four. But like you you could, your path could be kind of easy if you're the Bruins, depending on where you finish in that East division. Like they, you want to climb up the, uh, up the rankings of that division to lessen your opponent. Once you get to the final four and get an easier draw there. But like the Bruins might have like an, I guess not the easiest because whoever comes out of the North is going to have like the easiest road to that final four, but the Bruins are going to have like a, at least like a, a comparable road to that final four. Whereas like you look at, at, uh, at like Colorado, Colorado is going to have to get through Vegas and, and vice versa to get to the final four. And like Tampa is going to have to get through Carolina and both those teams are really, really strong. So uh, it, anything could really happen. I like the playoff format this year. I, I wish that it wasn't the case that like you still have to play the divisions in the first, first couple rounds, but I do like the fact that it reseeds in the final four. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always a huge fan of like the NHL is never going to be fun in, in this way and like continue doing so, stuff like this. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I always want to see the best teams play each other uh, as late as possible. So uh, I want that. 
I want that reseeding early on in the playoffs and I want that to continue in the future. But I mean, I agree unless you can get like a Bruins Leafs Stanley cup, which would be incredible. Um, (laughs) Maybe it's not, maybe it's not the two best teams, but it's like two teams that hate each other. There's so much built in there. And then it's like, it's, it's going to be an incredible Stanley cup final, no matter what, like if you're not going to get the two best teams, at least get two teams that match up well and provide like really good storylines. All right, I've like solved one it. of the cities is gonna burn. No, I, I, yeah. which one. I've solved it. Here's how you do the playoffs. Fans vote on the matchups. Every <laughs> <That's> round. <right. laughs> Every round you have a fan vote to determine the matchups. Not even just playoff teams. Bring the Sabres back in. I'm I down. guarantee you that in Toronto and Boston will not face in the first round in that case. Yeah, Toronto have having the uh, lion's share of the votes there, but yeah. I got my COVID shot today. I got my first dose, and I, uh, on the way out, there it was at CVS. There's these little divider things, um, but apparently one of them was in my path because I tripped over it, and it shook all the dividers. And I heard like the person next door getting theirs. They were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Just shook. So yeah, that was my experience. But of course, Sick, I man. tripped over the barrier. The only person to do that. It was the vaccine's <laughs> fault. Yeah, exactly. I was feeling a little dizzy. One of the side effects. I honestly, I I don't know what y'all's experience was, but like, I barely felt it. Like, I was expecting like tetanus shot, kind of like while they're giving the shot pain, but it was it was like almost nothing. Like flu shot to me. Yeah, I don't know. The first one was basically like a flu shot to me, and the dude said I was bleeding, so he had to put a band aid on it, but um second one i didn't feel at all um yeah everyone go get your vaccines so we can uh we can have a summer i am nervous that i got it on the night of a full moon so <laughs> starting to feel well, summer, start just a howl and... <laughs> uh, all right pete let's t- let's talk beers do you, do you have like favorite boston area breweries that you frequent uh, I mean, I love going to Portland, and Portland has like a few of my favorite. Let's favorite talk Portland breweries. beers. Yeah, Let's Cam's a Portland. Beers. Cam's a Portland uh, native. I've been to Portland yeah. a couple of times. Well, native, not really, but I live here now. Currently, native would imply, I think, right, that I grew up here. I I believe that's the. I don't know. If yeah, that's now you're just now. a local. You're <laughs> I think you you're a community for... leader, Cam. That's what you're. Uh, Drew also uh, has spent some time in in Portland, so it's the best. It's the yeah, best place in the world. Sleeping over Cam's place at one point. <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Portland breweries then. Uh, I'm a big Oxbow guy first. Oh, Oxbow's that's my favorite. My, yeah, Oxbow's Oxbow my favorite. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, big Oxbow. That farmhouse beer, man. Yeah. Allagash uh, all, never misses. I, I love Allagash. Like, that's, that's the easy one. But, like, uh, probably, like, uh, Oxbow, Allagash um i like austin street um and then uh is it uh not rising tide what's the other one in in industrial row uh there's austin street and rising tide are next to each other if you go around the corner there's lone pine which is the hat i'm wearing right now actually um but then there's also like a fermentary there and then another one up the hill I'm, so it's kind of I'm like on the record as being corner. anti-Rising Tide. That is my... Yeah, I don't think that it's... I don't think it's Rising Tide that I'm thinking of. Rising uh, Tide is a really good vibe at the actual brewery. I Was that the, the one we went okay. to, Cam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like when you pull into an, 
when you pull into an industrial row, what's what are the two on like the front side? At like the they back have... parking lot. Like if you're going if you're pulling down the street to go towards uh towards Allagash, there's oh, like toward... on the side there. Shoot. Oh, it's I'm blanking it and I I want to give them credit because they they rule. And also like, I may have lied. Uh, I think my favorite is Bissell Brothers. Well, See, I'm, I feel like I, I like Bissell Brothers, but like I feel like a lot of their beers taste the same. Wait, which Austin that might Street? Because I I only had like two or three beers from there. Oh, so you, you, I know that where the confusion is because the yeah. Austin Street just opened up the new the new like uh, yeah. space, and that's next to Rising Tide. Yeah, are you thinking that's of uh, Definitive? One. Yeah, it's Definitive is down in that area, which is really good. They've got really good. They're um, really good, sours. but they've got their own space. I, I was talking about like the, uh, the like the 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 grouping of there's like four breweries. Yeah. Yeah, that's because that's my favorite. There's a sign that's got like it's like breweries and it just points in every direction and it's like. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna look sign. it up and I know what. Uh, good fires. No. Cam's Cam's just like looking at his art. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. <laughs> I got a Portland brewery map here. Sick. Foundation. That's what it is. Foundation. Foundation is yes, awesome. Yeah, yeah, they have a lot of. Uh, they do a lot of rotating specials that are really good. They um, had. Um, they had a like. I forget what it was last year, but they had like my favorite beer. Uh, I think it was like Cob Cobblestone something, and it was it was awesome. So got, I had is, to give them credit for that. I've never Portland's been to the brewery, but I've had plenty of Foundation beers. They they sell a lot of them in Massachusetts. So they like a lot of good sour and fruity beers. Yeah, if you like Foundation, Pete, I would definitely check out Definitive if that's um, yeah. I've been, I've been to the really good yeah, and they yeah they do wrong. um the really good like smoothie ones that are kind of thicker. Yeah, um, they yeah, have to they be like kind of creamsicle one last year. Yes, and, and it was... is so good. Yeah, it was really so good. good. I picked up one of those. Did you have that on the podcast? I think I may have. I don't know. I've had so many fucking beers on this podcast. I don't know, but probably yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need, to, we need to have we need to have Lancey log that and see. If yeah, we gotta check the. Oh, oh, speaking of Lancey, by the way, uh, Marvel's champion. Yeah, Marvel's yes. champion. Uh, <laughs> needed needed to shout him out on this one. Yeah, Lancey's one of our. Uh, we we call our, we have, we have a bullpen of people who like come on up on the pod when one of us can't make it, and and Lancey's right up there. Hell yeah, it's good dude. Yeah, Portland, a uh, great place for beer. Definitely would recommend I'll, anyone. I'll be there, uh, anyone in New England, come check it out. Be there uh, this weekend. Oh shit! Uh, me too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Make sure Our you're team. watching uh, Channel 13 News while you're in here. And <laughs> oh yeah, Pete, should we get to it? I've uh, we we have met before. Yeah, and the occasion you look a lot was different now. <laughs> yeah, like a lot I, different now. I have much longer hair and a mustache. I, I have young pictures of Chris on my computer, which might sound wow. concerning. <laughs> yeah. Sounds really weird. I would not. You're lucky I'm editing, so I'll probably remember to cut that out. But Maybe yeah, it's, a, it's I about like an hour. Cut five that. years ago, where he. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so Pete and I met in LA. I, I live in San Diego. Uh, the All Star Game what like four years ago was in la something like that um and uh pete i don't know if you know how big of a mark i was for this setup that you had but uh it worked out perfectly basically uh i wasn't even there for the all-star game i was 
just there for like fan day uh, i think my, my roommates and i were there for like a concert and decided just like hey we might as well loop in like the nhl fan fest or whatever that is um and hung out there for a while it wasn't that fun but uh we were all we were joking around the entire day like we knew you were there so mm-hmm. we were just like hey yeah we'll we'll see pete somewhere and like we had literally left and we were like going to go do our thing elsewhere and then we just like walked by you we're like oh that's pete <laughs> with like a camera crew just doing whatever i just wanted to say hi uh walked nope, up said gotcha hey pete uh big brunch fans and I, I knew that'd be like the best way to be like hey like you know we're we're real pete guys mm-hmm. um and then you made us get on camera and i believe the, the game was uh nhl player or fargo character from yeah uh, you were working for fox at the time and there was like mm-hmm. that cross promotion with fargo um i had seen season one of fargo i believe it was on like season two or three at the time uh so i knew there was some shit that i had not seen and wasn't ready to answer uh and you you gave me sheriff 90 i sheriff shane 90 i think i think you gave me sheriff shane 90 i guess yeah you gave me the whole thing and my brain just did not do the work at the time (laughs) i was like that has to be a character from like season two or three of fargo and uh yeah totally missed that and the best part is that you were wearing a bruins jersey at the time so you got to be like and i got to be like offended and i was like he is a (laughs) bruins defenseman (laughs) It was great. Great content. <laughs> Glad I could provide you with that content. <laughs> it was wonderful. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Incredibly embarrassing moment for me, but classic um... gotcha journalism. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. So obviously I've, I've hated Pete ever since then. And that's why we waited so long to ask Pete on this podcast, but just ruined your life. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been stewing about it ever since. <laughs> I will never That's financially recover from this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I'm ruined. We got yeah, Drew on this. I don't want to. I don't want to waste his time. I know he's got a lot of uh, employment to get to. He's got a lot That's of marbles right. to get to. <laughs> um, video games. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, we got a big online monopoly night coming after this. So wish me luck, oh, guys. Damn. Time to get cutthroat. Hell yeah. yeah! Bring out my inner American capitalist. Monopoly has been one of my biggest uh, pandemic things. Oh, I love Monopoly. Really? Yeah. Big, the, big okay, so guy. the Monopoly app is one of the worst paid apps that exists. Yeah, fuck that. Go to rento.com. That's the place to go. It's, it's rento. It's like a $4 <laughs> app and routinely crashes at the most important moment of the game. Nah. <laughs> and, like, you cannot put up with a monopoly crash because it's a game that takes no. takes four hours so you would think that you wouldn't put up with that but we just do it <laughs> like me, me and four of my buddies from high school routinely like three to five three to four of us will play a game and um at the two and a half hour mark one person will get kicked out and be like what the fuck? <laughs> i was winning that is incredible uh, but yeah, I, no, I don't have anything else really. I don't know, Drew. You Drew? got anything? 
Drew's like looking how to airline get food. <laughs> we're, we're really trying. We're really trying to waste Pete's time as much as possible here. That's what we do. Well, we need as much content back as as you gave him, Chris. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> recompense for my keep me on until I until you like have ammo to ruin my life, like I ruined Chris's. <laughs> it's been all downhill from there. Oh, man. oh Pete, Pete, you stream a lot, right? I do. I've seen that. Yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. I haven't, I, I, I haven't stopped by a stream or anything, but I've seen the links and stuff. Fair uh, enough. When did you start that? Is that like recent pandemic thing or have you been doing that for a bit? Yeah. So I was doing it like every now and then, uh, like ahead of the pandemic, like I would stream like maybe like once or twice a month and then like everything shut down. I was like, I got nothing to do. So I'm going to start taking this seriously or not not start taking it seriously but then i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna see where this goes over the next like month or two and i really liked it and uh picked up some steam a little bit and uh it's been it's been fun still doing it so nice yeah i started that over the pandemic too and i got affiliate on twitch and then i was just like all right i'm done with this like, the, <laughs> the goal i had it was like all right i've been trying to get partner for like the past uh for the past like two three months and <laughs> They the just keep moving strike. the goalposts on me. Like I keep hitting actually? all, keep hitting the all the uh, the benchmarks that they like set for me, and they're like, oh, but hmm, nope, we're gonna we're gonna shift it again. And really? so I'm still no, still not a partner. When I did that, I saw it was like seventy, like average seventy five viewers or so. Did they yeah. up it? Nope, I've been averaging like hundred and twenty for like the past like two months, and and they just aren't. Nope. Well, you don't stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays between the That's, hours uh, of. <laughs> maybe you're no, just not streaming the big games. The yeah, last two question that I got was like, "You don't stream enough," and I brought it says you don't stream enough, uh, and I brought up the numbers, and I had streamed like seventy hours that month. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally was just coming off a twenty-four hour stream, and they're like. Mm. You're not streaming enough for partner <laughs> levels. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, and then like the rejection before that was that like your numbers fluctuate too much from game to game. And like even I checked after that and I was like, all the games that I play are averaging over 75 viewers. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's insane. So, so I, is that is that what turned you to marble racing then? Or how did that develop? The marble racing <laughs> like, thing was that. which marble racing hilariously is like my highest average viewer uh, on, <laughs> on Twitch. It's like 150 or something. Or like, you're like, we've been crushing it every Friday night. It's so much fun. Um, but like that just happened naturally. Like it was, I was like trying to kill like a half an hour waiting for somebody to hop on stream started doing marbles and like everybody that was in the chat was like this is the best time ever so <laughs> we just started to, we just started doing that we're like all right we'll do that every friday night and we've added rules on we're like throwing five grand prees like final races got merch like it's crazy yeah. and it's so much fun that's awesome so now we know why you really left cbs it's just a big <laughs> first time marble, marble racer that's right hell yeah you see, we got Pete before he blew up. He's going to be huge in the marbling community soon. So right. we'll have our uh, spinoff. We marbles got marbles and margaritas. Something smoke sticks. Marbles and margaritas. <laughs> right down pizza. Oh yeah, I will you tell can you keep that the, if you want. Yeah. The hangovers <laughs> that I would have on a Saturday after marbles and margaritas would be insane. I've I've had like two productive Saturdays since starting marbles like three months ago. 
it's just absolutely ruined. I mean, my congrats Saturday. on those two Saturdays. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> absolutely destroys any productive uh, any productive activity uh on saturday it's insane so do you want to plug your uh jack black podcast on here yeah absolutely uh you can listen to brunch uh it's at listen to brunch on twitter or just brunch wherever you get your podcast we love to talk about just copious amounts of jack black every single week <laughs> like to check check in with him and what he's doing career-wise uh what, and what then, is he doing career-wise by the way basically tiktok right yeah, he's making funny YouTube videos. Good for him. <laughs> God bless. And I mean, tenacious dude. It's good. He also does gaming it. stuff. What do you oh, does he really? Yeah. Oh, damn. I think he, the the last. Yeah, go ahead. He. It's not like Jack Black. It's he, he has like an alter ego. Like I think it's like Jablon Jablonski or something. Something. <laughs> that sounds about right. It's like Jablonski Games, and he just like he games. So it's pretty cool. Damn, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, he was doing stuff with like Tony Hawk earlier in the pandemic, and he's wearing a lot of speedos these days. Yeah, like yep. he just does a ton of speedo content. Wow. My they, favorite Tony in the Hawk speedo content. community nowadays. Yeah, my favorite Tony Hawk content is him posting on Twitter about people who met him and tell him he looks <laughs> like Tony Hawk and don't realize that he's Tony Hawk. That's my favorite thing ever. Yeah, he like loves telling people that he's Tony Hawk, or like yeah, that's he loves <laughs> accidentally like. Telling people that he's Tony Hawk or like coming across people that don't know he's Tony Hawk. Yeah. Like 90% of his tweets are just like, this person did or did not know that I was Tony Hawk. <laughs> Tony Hawk. My favorite Tony Hawk account. moment yeah. in the entire world, my favorite Tony Hawk moment ever is when uh, Jake Brown, I don't know if you remember Jake Brown, but he was a skateboarder. He was the dude air. who like fucking. He almost ate died. It yeah. From yeah. 100 yeah. feet in the air. He, yeah. He was doing the big air competition at the X Games however many years ago. He fell from like 80 feet in the air and smashed on the bottom of the big air ramp. His shoes went flying and like it was so like that was the big thing. But like to get to the the big air jump, he did like a 720 and like this guy like lands he, like for all we know, he's dead uh, at the bottom of the ramp. And Tony Hawk is like, oh, I can't believe he hit the 720. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It was an unbelievably inappropriate comment for what everybody just saw happen. And it is so fucking funny now knowing that like Jake Brown is okay. And, and like he survived, but like. To, for him to be like, damn, he hit the 720. It's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. It's insane. Send Insanely it. funny. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, I watched that video maybe for the first time like a year ago. I hadn't seen I, it. It was probably because I posted it on Twitter. Because I <laughs> I posted like every anniversary. I'm just like, I can't believe this. <laughs> that Tony Hawk did this. Well, I hadn't seen it since it happened. And I remember like when it happened, uh, I, I used to be like really into the X Games. and uh, Same. That, so like when it happened i was watching and i don't think i internalized how insane it was that tony hawk did that but I, it must have been when you posted it <laughs> i think sal masakela is like the uh the other guy like the the play-by-play guy and sal is like immediately concerned he's like oh, oh oh my oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> like we just saw somebody die and tony hawk's like damn he hit the 720 <laughs> <laughs> by the way sal masakela did the uh so Tony Hawk recently posted uh, he and Andy McDonald tried to recreate their uh, doubles run from it was like the 99 X Games or whatever. And Sal Masakela like came in and redid 
his like voiceover work or whatever really? for it. He did, yeah, he did commentary on it. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Big, big Sal Mazzucato fan. Haven't heard from him in probably yeah, a decade. What happened but... to that guy? He was awesome in his job. Well, Couldn't tell you. He got into marble racing. Probably. <laughs> I went. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, too deep. <laughs> uh, Pete, I have one final question for you before we let you go. Uh, I'm told by Chris that you're a Paddington guy. Oh, huge. Hell I would yeah. like to know how many Paddington bears it would take to take down Blades, the Bruins mascot. I'm not talking the like stupid one from the commercials. I'm talking like the badass one. I think the cartoon, he would look pretty badass. How many Paddington bears are you taking... And Blade's got the hockey stick. He's got skates. He's fully equipped in hockey gear. I don't know. Paddington's pretty soft, man. Like, that's the beauty of Paddington. He's just, like, exactly. the, like the kindest, cuddliest bear. He is crafty, though. He's crafty. He is, he is pretty crafty. You've seen, I've seen him ride a dog. He's pretty solid at that. <laughs> uh, I think that he'd, he'd be able to find a way. Like, maybe, like, three. Three of three. them. Three. Ooh, that's lower than yeah. I was going. But, yeah. yeah. All right. I think he's that he's crafty enough to make it happen. But then he would apologize and like make a big deal out of it. And well, that, I mean, he, look, he's got respect for his opponents. You have to, right. <laughs> you have to appreciate that. He'll buy he's a got popping, true hockey spirit, a popping book, and yeah, make everything right. Uh, yeah. So the one thing I wanted to say to you about Paddington Pete is that I went to, I was in Scotland a couple years ago, and stayed on a farm that was owned by like a former British journalist and he had named his two giant pigs marmalade and aunt Lucy. Hell yes. <laughs> Love that. I, Incredible. I, I don't think he expected me to be that excited about it. <laughs> he was definitely taken aback when I was like, yes, but it wasn't a coincidence, was it? Like, it, he, no, no okay. shot, no okay. shot. There's yeah. no way. Um, <laughs> Imagine though, he has no idea what you're talking about. He's just really excited about his pig names <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. It was kind of like a, a harrowing experience in many ways because the next morning we woke up to like, here is very fresh breakfast, and he was like, "This is those pigs' dad." Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like in my head i know that's probably the case but you don't have to tell me that yeah, yeah. yeah. this is pastuzo or whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh man was it good yeah pretty yeah <laughs> so you know <laughs> what are you gonna do Worth it. yeah uh so Pete, the, the other thing i want to want to say have you ever seen the movie coco yeah i have okay i i feel like that in my mind falls in a similar category to Paddington where like, it just kind of gives yeah, me all people of... are literally dying in Coco, like <laughs> just centers around death. I, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I... <laughs> Coco is, is amazing. It's really, really good. Uh, and the music is fantastic, but a lot more death in Coco. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I just need that in my life, I guess. <laughs> All right, how much more of Pete's time can we waste? I think uh, I'm I'm good if anybody's got anything. I don't know. All right, this was fun. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. we appreciate it, man. Thanks thank you, thank on. you yeah. so much for for doing this. It's, uh, it, and when you when you have apologies. your announcement, 
when you have your announcement, you're obviously going to come on here to announce it. <laughs> yes, I'll break it's the news. Obvious. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah, well, good luck. I, I think I speak for all of us when I say we're really excited to see what uh, what's coming next. So I'll definitely appreciate be, it. Thank you very yeah, much. Timeline. I'm really excited to see new GM of the Sabres. I think that's the popular that's right. Twitter answer. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn right. Oh, good stuff. All right. I'll see you guys. Adios. Adios.